So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 91. I'm your host, Chris Killingsworth, and joining me, as always, is my friend, Thomas Williams. How are you doing, Thomas? How's it going, Chris? It's going well. I had to do my glasses. I'm it's pretty okay. bummed out. But, I had to know, do the I had to do the Carter intro. It's okay. Carter, yeah. uh, Carter fell off a cliff hiking with his girlfriend. So uh, yeah, never to be seen again. R.I.P. Um, Way it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm better than your glasses right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a hangout, just a chill night. So uh, can't ask for too much. Um, I like it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that sounds <laughs> good. Um, we have a a friend yeah. joining us today. Tony Ferrari of the Hockey News slash Sports Illustrated. Is there one that comes before the other, Tony? How does that normally work? So I was told I have to put the hockey first, but I very often put Sports Illustrated first because as much as I respect both, it's just cool to say I work for the ho- or Sports Illustrated. Yes. The hockey news is awesome too, but I'll always kind of sneak it in there. Like, yeah, Sports Illustrated, it's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a little brag. I'm not even going to yeah. stay humble about it. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. We're excited to have you on. I know you and Thomas had been talking uh, about coming on a, a little bit uh, after the draft, which I think this is good timing now that some of the dust is settled and we're in defense. See how, how it's changed on your end. How did you uh, how did you enjoy the draft and how are you feeling about things? Uh, I feel good. Like I, I, I think I I said it all year. It was going to be a weird draft. There's going to be players picked all over the board and it wasn't going to be uh, anything that anyone expected. So I, I think I nailed that part, despite the fact that my rankings look completely garbage <laughs> compared to what actually happened, much like everyone else. But uh, no, it, it was weird for me this year because I, I left over prospects right before the draft, uh, two weeks before the draft. And, and I didn't have the new gig yet. So I, I got to watch the draft as a fan. I could tweet out what I wanted to, but I didn't have to feel like obligated to do that day after article or anything. It was a little bit more relaxed. And I, I haven't had that during draft for a couple of years. Absolutely. Now. Oh so God. what we're going to do is we're going to do what we do anytime we have a guest on and learn a little bit more about how you got into hockey. But I was hoping you'd, you'd, you'd touch on how you got into the, the drafting side and the scouting side um i'll let you take it from there wherever you want to go with it how did you how did you get into it uh well i got into hockey because i i, I was never actually able to play it i, I loved the sport and I, I play it now as an adult a little bit in beer leagues and stuff like that but i was never able to afford it as a kid so i i was just obsessed with this sport where when you put look at it at the base level it's it's 10 guys on the ice excluding the two goalies who have knives on their feet and are you there thomas did we yeah, just lose him yeah, yeah, oh no you're just too excited that was it was like they've got knives on their feet and he's gone yeah. just like that oh my god I'm sorry. tony will be coming back i'm sure but we're just gonna just keep rolling too, too perfect I'm, I'm keep, too perfect he's just so hyped up about i love his, it his childhood love of hockey and then just grew, i these, should probably check my two games um, these things happen these things happen that's so funny i <laughs> wouldn't probably, be too worried about it i wonder if he's just going off still um oh i'm sure he he knows but that's funny <laughs> tony wherever you are we hope you're safe the good thing These about things it tend to happen 
is that we can still even if like he never comes back we can still have the podcast like title like featuring tony <laughs> yeah yeah he was in true ferrari form here today and gone shortly wow. thereafter that's how these things go um he'll be back i'm confident uh in the meantime we haven't recorded an episode in a while. Sorry about that. Carter is actually in the bush, uh, which is exciting. You guys know that uh, Carter gets lost every summer and we only hear from him sporadically because he's like hiking and being a man's yeah. man. Yeah. So I was on vacation for last week and was able to just go down to Sarnia, see some family, um, went camping too, just completely just deplugged, unplugged, I guess, not deplugged. Um, do you see any um, Cerniest thing hanging out? Ty Void or like Ben Goudreau or any of the no, fellas? No. I uh, My uh, family lives by the Junior B Arena, though. I forget. Oh, what's the type? What's their name? Sarnia. Sarn- it's like a. Yeah, there's like Le- a Junior. Legionnaires, I want to say. Legionnaires, yeah. Legionnaires. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. I, um, that's the. I'm weird for stuff like that. That's the you game I like, saw. Oh, yeah. What? What? Sorry, keep so, interrupting you. It was like, friend. no, it's okay. It was, I think it was 2017 or something. I saw a game of theirs. Um, and like, it was literally all you could imagine dudes wearing Oakley and like Walmart yeah. Ed Hardy. And then girls that were like, there were a lot of fights. And like, yeah, these like probably 21 year old girls with like a baby in hand. And just, That's like, cool. smacking the shit out of the seat in front of them, like, hollering about the fight. Just like, yeah! Junior B, Junior, like, junior B, like, out that way is, like, not only is it very competitive hockey, like, yeah. I it have is. some thoughts, but it's, um, like, when your team's called the Legionnaires and you're, like, a walking you know, your, your jersey is like the legion all-encompassing onto yeah. one sweater. Perfect. You're going to party, right? Like, yeah, I know you and M love a legion beer. That's what oh I've heard. Oh, my God. We love it. It's so good. Uh, but, like, their, their arena is one of those where, like, the seats are super steep. Like, probably six. Oh, yeah. Like, eight rows up. There's probably just eight rows around the rink. And then yeah. the space behind them, like, the actual path, is might be wide enough for one person like if you're crab walking like it's like nothing and then everything's okay. like downstairs and stuff like it's it's a crazy like small building but it's so fun it's just yeah. like the, yeah the do you remember what team they were playing oh i have no clue because like the uh the so for people who don't know junior b doesn't really exist like where we live it's mm-hmm. mostly like Western Ontario um, because they don't have a junior A league over there, which is a very contentious topic because those who don't know, the Go JHL has been pleading with uh, the Ontario Hockey Federation and Hockey Canada to be given junior A distinction so that kids don't have to live in an area where there's junior A hockey. Like it's this, it's this big thing, but anyways, uh, junior B hockey is very, very good hockey. Um, but for where they are, um, there's, there's a lot of teams kind of in one 
small little bit of the well it's not a small bit of the province but like it's that tip. Um, it's just like the little like sliver and then it's like yeah all right there they're they're cool though um i'm trying to think of a team that i've watched in the last couple of years go jay like i think the strathroy rockets have like the coolest <laughs> logo and, dude have you seen this logo i have to send it in it's, the zoom chatter um i will it's like holy it's, crap <laughs> <laughs> you all good i i was so upset i was so mad I, it just the, my computer was like we're gonna update right now and i'm like oh my god but yeah i think we're good now it Maybe was we funny because you were like yeah these people are skating on knives and then you just dropped and i was like what's the rest of the story this is very i want to <laughs> hear more this is good um that's okay thomas and i are just talking about the best logos in ontario junior b hockey do you have a favorite? Oh, oh yeah. Oh my! I don't know. There's a. I I have no clue. I I watch so little junior B in Ontario. <laughs> okay, I, I like it. I do. I hate it so much, and that's such a piece of shit no, thing what, to say. And I know that. What don't you like about um, it? If you don't mind me asking. It's just, I'm so used to watching major junior, and I, I watch yes, a lot of, of European hockey, and like I, I watch like second tier European hockey, and it's just such a funner game like it's so, so yeah. much more skilled and, and like I, i'm a guy that likes the small players so when a guy like like ayrton martino and that's not junior b but ayrton martino's playing down under the ohl and he's a small guy who's getting roughed up and stuff and i'm like i ah, just let the guy play i, I want to see i the, am the, a the skill. humongous fan of martino you and i could talk about that for a while he played on a saint mike's buzzers team with a buddy of mine oh, who i used to work yeah. with uh, his name's Cam Searles. You've probably seen him play before. He was the captain of that team. And uh, yeah. him and I worked together. And he was like, you got to see this Martino kid. He's so good. Like one of the best players I've ever played with. And he, at that point in his life, played with some pretty good players. Um, and you and I can geek out about, uh, about Martino as we, as we move on. Um, let me let me let you finish your thought though. You, you were going on this very strong uh, kind of tangent about uh, players skating on knives. I'll let you finish that thought. So my my whole thing with the players on knives. So everyone when they, they ask me why I'm so excited about hockey, why I love the sport, it's it's because it is at the base level, dudes out there on ice with knives on their feet hitting a rubber puck around with sticks. Yep. And just the, the utter ridiculousness of that alone at, at the base level is just such a fun idea. And, and so with hockey, I, I love the game. It's just such an exciting sport. And now that we're going to faster and faster games and it, it's just so fun. But as for the draft, it, it's just the hope. I, I love the fact that everyone every year ranks a hundred guys. Yeah. When 50 guys out of the entire draft make it to the NHL as consistent guys. So we all like to think we're the smartest people in the room at the end of the day, but the reality of the situation is even the best NHL teams are hitting yeah. 30%. So it's a lot like baseball where if you can hit 300, you're pretty good, damn good at your job. And in hockey and the draft specifically, like you don't actually have to be that good. Like 20, 25% is really good for an NHL team. So if I can sit there and kind of boast that I, I'm around that, I, I feel I like pretty it. good about myself. So how did you get into the, the scouting thing? How did that all come together for you? And I mean, it's, it's led to, uh, you know, some great uh, insight from you. I know you were with Dauber before and, and now you're with the hockey news. How did the, how did the scouting thing come, come together for you? 
So th that's actually really interesting because basically what had happened is uh, three and a half years ago now, I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get on Twitter. Like I wasn't even on Twitter at all. Like it wasn't a thing that I was super interested in, but to get the, the Leafs daily lineups and what's going on in practice and stuff, I joined Twitter. And then a buddy of mine was like, hey, you should write for this little blog, Puck 77. And it's like this little tiny blog that was like run by for it was run for one season it didn't even finish the year out and stuff but I ended up kind of doing a bunch of different things I remember one of, one of the things I was super proud of was uh, I did an interview with Patrick Sandine Rasmus Sandine's dad and uh, I put it out right on Father's Day to like NHL prospect and what his perspective is and in when he was talking about all the hope that he has for his son and stuff that was something that really kind of made me go man, like that's what it must be for yeah. like everyone in the prospect game. Like you, you have so much hope for all these kids. And, and so I, I basically, after that, I started doing prospects that year. And, and that was uh, a few years back now. And I was like, this is really interesting to see all these guys. And now that I've been doing it for a few years, I'm seeing guys like more Sider, who I was higher on than just about anybody. I was, I had him at 11 on my rankings and most people thought I was crazy. Um, and, and I, I wanted him even higher before I was talked down by someone who is fairly respected in the industry. And they're like, no, don't put him in your top 10 or no one take you seriously. But I had him at seven. I just love this German kid. And there was a, like, I, I would read German interviews and Google translate stuff and stuff like that. And I just loved this kid. So I was super high on him. And now that no one else was really that high on him, everyone thought that was a crazy pick at the time. And I was really the only person going, oh, I kind of like that. That's bold. I, I'm into this. Now I get to brag about it and stuff. And I've had my misses as well. Connor McMichael was a guy that I was like, I don't think he's a very good player at all. And we're seeing that I was completely wrong on that one because he's very good. So it's a really interesting thing where you're going to take your misses. You're going to take your hits, but like, it's just such a fun thing to do. And as a hobby, it was a ton of fun. And now that I'm, I'm getting a little bit of recognition out of it with the hockey news and stuff, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I love that for you, man. I mean, it's exciting. I remember coming across your stuff when you were at Dauber and then uh, being an avid listener of your podcast, which by the way, uh, are we going to get a, a new prospects podcast from you at some point or another? Uh, I don't think there'll be a podcast I, I regularly do, but because at this point I'm doing a podcast yeah. every week with somebody else, it seems. And I love doing that because then I don't that, have to do that. That's the both worlds. <laughs> but oh, yeah. in, in reality, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have fun, Thomas. fine. Um, but no, like I'll, I'll be on the, uh, the hockey news podcast from time to time as well. And I'll be doing a bunch of different things. So there'll be plenty of opportunity to hear me. Uh, just like blow it. my steam. Okay. Thomas, mm. I've asked too many questions. It's oh, your okay. Turn. Well, you're the professional. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm the professional. <laughs> Give me a break. I, I am, uh, I am invested in this conversation because I feel like I get to talk about prospects just a little bit on the show okay. on a, you know, daily basis. And now we've got, you know, well, we've got somebody that we can kind of enjoy the conversation with Thomas, please well, be my guest. It's, it's hard. Cause like, I do feel maybe this is just my own opinion and my own feelings, but I do feel like the whole prospect area and this kind of appeals to like um, every like professional sport, especially baseball too, I feel. Um, but like, the whole prospect game is like completely, I feel like a separate thing. And you get to like reap your rewards later by seeing the players move on. Like, I think it was, it might've been Will Scouch or something that I was listening to a live stream of his or something. It's like, Oh, when are you starting on the 2022 draft? And it's like, Oh, I've already have like a list of 50 names or something. It's like, you just go through this cycle, an annual cycle that you have 
that I don't think like it seems like very daunting for me. And it's just like kudos to all the draft people that go through this cycle and like learn about all these players where like the normal mainstream media people don't know who like the third line winger is on the NHL team <laughs> or something. Like <laughs> no, and I, I think you're right there. Like it, it's such a weird task to take on and it doesn't require a lot of time and i have the benefit that my day job is very flexible with things and uh i I do cnc work so when my machines are running and and a lot of time the programs will be like four hours i have time to do what i want to do as long as my work's cut up and uh my my boss is very open with the fact that i watch hockey a lot of times at work and and it's nice because i do have that extra time and and then it's a lot of late nights and early mornings and all that stuff but it's it's interesting to be one of the people that know the very few players that people don't know. And, and like I said, you end up falling in love with these guys that you're like, oh man, if some team gets this guy in the fifth round, oh, they're going to get a guy. And, and real, realistically, probably not. Like that's not how it works all the time. So it, it's always fun to, when you get your hits, you get your misses and stuff, but th- there's a lot of people that take it too seriously. And I think Will's one of the perfect people that do this he's one of my best friends in in the business and i think he does a great job because he he's very open with i'm not going to be right and and that's why he every year at the draft he drafts his own team basically he uh uses the maple leafs picks and he takes the player he would take at that pick and then he looks back and he looks at he has team scouting and then you look back and you're like that'd be a pretty good team right now and and it's one of those things that i think he does really well because he's able to kind of show the proof right away he doesn't have to go back to his rankings he can go this is the decision i made at that pick and in a lot of times he he's right he's done a great job so it's always fun to be kind of one of the people that know things that other people don't i think that's kind of the draw like you said of any of the prospects in in any of the sports especially baseball where you're drafting a million rounds and, and these guys don't reach it for five six seven eight years and then eight years later you're like i called that one man like i did it that was me eight years ago Right. So it's always a fun thing with that. Do you enjoy the the part of, you know, having public rankings available? Is that something that you ever kind of battled with yourself about? Just because I think the, the thing that I've enjoyed about your work and, and Will's work is the kind of conviction it takes to be able to say, this is my guy. This is where I'm going to, this is where I would draft him. Whether or not he gets drafted there or not is, is kind of immaterial. Um, from a public ranking perspective, how did that all come to be? Did that, you know, kind of feel good when that started or was there a little bit of anxiety around kind of stamping your name next to your list for the first time? Oh, it's incredible anxiety. The day I put my rankings out is just, I'm a ball of anxiety (laughs) and it's, and it's, it's something I enjoy though at at the same time. Like I I do love the fact that I'm able to kind of put my name out there and be like, Hey, this is, this is how I think it's going to go. Or this is not necessarily how I think it's going to go, but this is how I think it should go. And and you get to put your opinion out there. And especially when you have a guy, like I I know Will a couple of years ago was huge on Murat Kuznadinov. And I was, I was high on him as well, but not quite as high as Will. I think he had him at like 12, which is crazy because he got drafted in the second round, but I think he's done well since he got drafted. And for me, a guy like Moritz Sider or this year an Ayrton Martino, I had Martino in the top 20 this year and he got drafted in the third round by Dallas. And me, I'm sitting there doing that thing where I'm like, Oh, look at this third round pick. He's going to be a star yeah. and no one knows it, but me. And, and who knows this kid just got drafted. I, I love, I love his game and stuff, but maybe he is a star. Maybe we're seeing a guy like Logan Stankoven who fell down and he gets drafted higher. And, and everyone's like, well, why do you get drafted so low? Well, he was small. Oh, we, we didn't learn from Braden point. We didn't learn from player yeah. X and, and, Every year we're getting teams that, that go back on, on the old school approach. And 
I mean, we're seeing the Ottawa Senators bring in Pierre Maguire and, and that's going to go great, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like, it, it's interesting to see what teams value. And you can see that in the draft, I think, more than almost anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just know that Murat Kuznetinov is going to be a star because he's a Minnesota Wild prospect. So uh, there it is. There it is. 5'9. Um, uh, You're not wrong. No, I know. But it was interesting. Like, <laughs> like, you talk about height and stuff and like looking at just the Wild last year because that was the first draft I covered. Um, with hockey wilderness and they took two five nine guys with their first two picks and Rossi and Kuznetino. But like, those are like so high skill guys that doesn't really matter like what their size is. And you kind of just take the best player available, especially with like where their pool was last year. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see all like the different, I guess, like you could tell what a team is thinking with some picks or like some classes, yeah. especially like you mentioned Ottawa and this past year of a, uh, it wasn't terrible, but it was Stop. a very. Yeah, it was. No, yeah, it, was... It, was it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, I remember what. So again, we're gonna mention Scouch because that's pretty much where I like. I know, and I'm. I feel like I'm smart enough to listen to people that actually watch the players. Like I don't have the time yeah. to like sit down and like watch like Tyler Boucher play a bunch of games, but. I remember him saying something like it's not, it was like terrible, but then it's like those players aren't bad. They're just like a bunch of like mid round picks like that you would take. Like Tyler Boucher is like decent for like what he is, but you know, yeah. Yeah. And I think I was on, uh, I was on the locked on sentence podcast Mm -hmm. and they they always have a ton of fun with me because I like to go on there and rip their prospect (laughs) pool and their picks and everything. And this year was pretty easy to do. And I, and I said to them, I'm like, I like Tyler Boucher as a player. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. I think he's a, a good player, but like you probably should have drafted him at like the end of the second round or in the third round, like 10 was really high, especially when you look at the other players that were there, there was so much skill and yeah. pace and, and just incredible players there that you're like, yeah, you got a guy that you can reasonably look at and go, that's a third line guy, but you pass up on a lot of guys that, although they might not have that like game breaking first line carrying potential, they could play, they could be the third best player on a first line, or they could be a guy that's a really key contributor on a second line. And, and they went with an elite third liner. And, and I think anyone that's a Leafs fan or follows the Leafs or just enjoys making fun of the Leafs, like myself, <laughs> who, who puts myself in all three of those categories. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where you're like, man, remember the last time they, they drafted an elite third liner in Tyler Biggs? That went super yeah, well. And, and it's like, that I felt like that was a lot of what the Ottawa centers were doing with the Tyler Boucher pick. Cause like I said, I like him as a player, but it just felt really high to draft a guy like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And I think it's, you know, if I think about kind of winners and losers of the most recent draft, it, would you say that, that they would be kind of your, your big loser uh, in, in the totality of the most recent draft? Yeah, I, I probably would because they, they had a decent amount of picks going in and they traded up and they traded guys kind of all over the place. And and then they ended up with a bunch of guys that I look at their draft class and I'm like, I think Zach Ostapchuk is a, a good mm-hmm. pick. But like you look at the rest of their class and like I was on their podcast and they were like, Ben Ben Roger. I'm like, that's a person. <laughs> like, that's the guy that was created on NHL 21. Like that's not like they made up a name. Chandler Romero Romeo okay like sure I I watched him definitely last year no I didn't like I'm a guy that watches a hundreds of prospects and they drafted a guy that I literally haven't heard of 
I don't like, I don't understand some of the decisions they made. And so, yeah, like even the guys that I do like the Tyler Boucher, Zach Ostopchuk, Oliver Johansson, they kind of all went a lot like a round or two higher than they probably should. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Who would you say the, the winner was? The and, Wild. And the Minnesota Wild. I was Wild. just going to say. The Minnesota I feel, Wild. <laughs> I feel good about the Wild. I feel like kind of Prospects Twitter felt good about uh, you we know, talk- the uh, Judd Brackett era, as oh. it were. But where are you at, Tony? Uh, considering I had Jesper Walsta as number three or four <laughs> on my board go. all year, I there love the Wild draft pick, especially because I was a big Carson Lambos guy early in the year. Jack Parrott was a guy that I – I, I came on too late in the year and I, I love his game as well. And I think Kyle masters is a really interesting pick as well. Like I, I really like the wilds draft, but if I have to choose a single winner, I think my winner is somewhere between Dallas and Carolina. I think Carolina, mm-hmm. they got a bunch of yes. players that are just, they were drafted around too late. Yeah. All of them, like every single one of them could have gone around higher. And I would have liked the pick Scott Morrow, Alexi Hamill, sell me Billy Koivinen, like Aiden Resch, Chuck J- Jackson, Blake, Robert, Orr, like even the guys that like, I'm not a huge fan of like Justin Robert, uh, and Nikita Quap, like where they got them, yeah, it's great you're laughing. And, and they kept trading back and they kept trading back and they kept accumulating picks. And I, I'm looking at the page right now and I have to scroll up and down to see how many guys they drafted. It was ridiculous. And then with Dallas, I think they got a lot of the same thing. I think the reason I, I go with Carolina over Dallas though is because I, I wasn't a huge fan of the first round mm-hmm. pick for Dallas. Why Johnson's a good player. If you literally swap him and Logan Stankoven though and put Logan Stankoven in the first round and take Johnson in the second, I think that draft class is, is amazing. So I guess you can't really fault them too much because they still got both players, but getting guys like Jack Barr, one of my favorite players in the draft at 138, Ayrton Martino, who I, I, I love the kid, and, and he, they get him in the third round. Logan Stankoven in the second round, who should have been a top 20 pick, a top 25 pick at worst. Like They, they got a lot of value there. So I think those two teams, Minnesota, they, they did a lot of good stuff I love in this it. draft. Thomas, uh, do you feel any differently? or? Um, well, so... Speaking of kind of Carolina and Koivinen, and Koivinen was like doing all like a lot of the research and stuff that I did like the two months before the draft, um, not to make light of your guys' work. Uh, but I just really, yeah, 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 so that I could exactly. read stuff. Um, but like Koivinen, and I got shit for hating on the Samu Tuamala pick from Philly in the BSH Slack. So like, and I got shit on because like, People just saw his skill, but I was like, okay, Stan Coven was there, literally the next pick. Chibrikov even, Koivinen, Ratti was still there. Like, there's so many players that they could have picked. But um, aside from that, aside from, like, Philly just shit on, um, I really like San Jose as well. Yeah, um, San Jose was a big one that they kind of just nailed Eklund, and then I'll have to look at the rest of their draft. But I remember liking them. Um, at the, got, uh, Cardwell I loved. Yeah. yeah, and then like, Guriev. yeah, so it's just like really just solid guys, like just solid players that you could really bank on and like, and led by Eklund, like you can't get really worse than that. He's yeah, so like good. it's all, it's, it's going to be unreal and he's already signed to his ELC. So we'll see where he goes from here. I don't know if his, if he's going back to Sweden or not. I don't know if that's been decided somewhere. Um, I think yeah. he's going back. Yeah, it, it makes does, a lot yeah. of sense for him. To yeah, go especially with like the his production in the SHL last year and then just see, but uh, yeah. yeah, Like I, I don't know. I feel like those are the like outliers and I think Minnesota did pretty well not to like just staying, stay in Minnesota, but like you talked about Kyle Masters and I literally just wrote about him today because we, he was in our top 25 under 25 and just like watching what he can do. And because, and obviously I think this is an important topic to touch on because 
it was such a weird draft from league shutdowns and everything. And we talked about it a little bit uh, before Tony, but just like, it's, it's such a weird way to go into a draft of just like, there's some players, like you mentioned, Wyatt Johnson that literally didn't play hockey. Ty Voigt, the Leafs first pick um, just didn't play hockey that like this year. Like, it's just like, it's so weird to go through a draft where you're really banking on players that they did, did their own development. And obviously they did research and stuff and why Johnson might look like a really good pick um, later on, just because he just progresses like crazy this year, especially in the OHL. Um, but Kyle Masters is someone that hasn't even played 50 WHL games because he was injured his rookie year. And then this year was shortened and like, and it was on a really shit Red Deer Rebels team. Like, it's just that it's just like mm-hmm. taking that, and adding all that context and adding like this is your literally like your worst situation because you're playing in the WHL but you don't haven't played a lot of games either because injury or shortened season and you're on like one of the worst teams in the league as well but he's still like Sean a lot like it was a very rocky first half but then just like being able to kind of turn it on be really mobile um and kind of like be everything that like a wild defenseman needs um I don't know. I just, I, I kind of just like that. Pick, yeah. But yeah. Minnesota wild. No, I, I think Kyle masters is a great pick, especially where after it's at the top 100, like Kyle masters has so many tools that you look at and you're like, okay, like this could be fun. Like this could be a really good NHL defenseman. And I think one of the players that, that probably isn't getting talked about enough in their, their draft class is Carson Lambos because mm-hmm. at the start of the year, he was a top five, top 10 guy on most boards. I, I for me, he was, he was my favorite defenseman coming into the year. I'll be completely oh. honest with you. And he, he went over to sweet or Finland and he had a not great stint in Finland. He went over and I, I talked to him early on in a stint in Finland. And he was talking about how it's such a different game over there, especially with the style of game he plays. He plays a very aggressive attacking defensive game where he will be on you. As soon as you come into the offensive zone, he is, he's trying to cut down that, that gap really quickly in, in Finland, when the ice is bigger, there's a little bit more room to cover and there's, there's some room that you're not expecting. And, and then guys slip around you and he had some issues with that. And then by the time he came back and, and finally adjusted and, and was ready to go over there and played a couple of pro games, he came back to the WHL and it was like, Oh, now you're injured after two games. And, and, and then he was out the rest of the season. And so he didn't even get to play where he's comfortable with. He went over to Europe, was completely uncomfortable out of his element, learning a new language, learning to communicate with players that he's never played with in, in on an ice surface he's never played on. And, then he kind of fell. And so to get him at 26, I think there's a realistic chance. I think Minnesota got two of the top 10 players in the draft at the end of the day with what yes, for Wallstead and Carson Lambos, if both of them work out to where their potential could be. Yeah. And like I saw, I remember looking to Lambos too. Like he, I think the most he played was at the, like the second tier with 13 games. Like he went through all like junior second, second division and pro in Finland, just like bouncing around. So it's like never comfortable with like the same roster too. Like it's so many factors with that, that just get overlooked of like the box score scouts or whatever that like, Oh, he, he got two, like he got no points or whatever, all this shit. And then like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, what can you do? And it's, can we like take a moment and just like shit on Edmonton for trading down the yes for wall stat pick. Oh God. Edmonton, (laughs) Just so good. Everything they do makes me hate them more. Just I, I want Connor. I want everything good for Connor McDavid. I want good things to happen to him, and I want him to win a Stanley Cup. But God, I want it to be outside of Edmonton because they just don't know what the hell they're doing. It seems no matter who they bring in, any GM, any president, any assistant GM, they just love to just be Edmonton. Yeah, I, 
I it's hard to disagree with that to be honest with you. Did you? Uh, uh, I I love going yeah, on Edmonton I rants. Mean, I'm I'm here for it. I like that too. <laughs> as long like I think the thing with with Edmonton is I I think they get in their own way way too often. And although I way like the Borgo pick in the first round, um, I I think them. You know, you never want to draft for position necessarily. Always take the best player available, but yeah, it's it, it's not it's not great. I don't know. It's not great. the The thing is, like, they've been looking for the goalie for yes, literally since Dwayne Rolson, <laughs> and and like when they had Dwayne Rolson, he was a hundred years old as well. So they were still looking for a goalie then, and they had one. They had a guy that people loved. And they were like, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. And they just didn't draft them. It and just blows what my was mind. the pick? Okay, it was the third. It was the 90th pick. They got Luca Munzenberger. Oh, there yeah, you baby. go. So Luca Munzenberger and Burgo for uh, yes for Wallstadt. There you go. I mean, points for having a cool just... last name. But let me ask you this, Tony. <laughs> was there anybody from uh, – that was draft eligible last year that didn't get selected that you thought would definitely get selected this year, but then went undrafted again. Is there I know anybody? Where, that I know where should... you're going, Chris. I know where you're going. Nope. I a... want to hear what Tony, I have some opinions, but I, uh, I want to ask Tony first, because I thought that that I'm was something that kept coming up, right. Where people would, you know, they would, they would look at, there's a player I have in mind. A certain, a certain German player. Uh, a certain player that played <laughs> oh, on played on Tim Stutz's uh, line in the World Juniors. Uh, Florian Elias. Yeah, Is that who we're talking about? Because I would agree with there's that. There's two of them, but that's the first one. Let's start uh, there. <laughs> yeah, no. Florian Elias, yeah. I think he, he, he this kid's good. He's a good player. I don't know why no one's taking the chance. I don't, I, I don't understand it. So just drop this kid because he's you saw how capable he was of playing with stars. And I think we all know from Chris Kunitz's Olympic appearance, sometimes it pays to just be a stars and, and just do like, if you see a guy who's not a star on his own, but he's capable of keeping yeah. work in Chris Kunitz's case, Sidney Crosby, that takes a skill in and of its own. And I think a guy like Florian Elias should be on an NHL roster eventually because he can do that. And he may not be a first line guy. He may not be a second line guy, but I think he's going to be a capable NHLer at some point. And, and if I get to throw another name in there, and, and this is just purely selfish of me because I love him and he's tiny, but Yuso Mayanpa, the five foot what? four. Fucking yeah, he's saw. tiny. I love this kid. There's no chance he's getting drafted, but oh boy, is he fun. And, and I think he's actually five foot five now. Um, they, oh. There's rumors he's grown to five seven, heels. but that's definitely, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, some boosters in his shoes. But no, he's, he's a ton of fun. He's got a lot, a lot of like, he's got some of that attitude where the little guy trying to fight the big dog and stuff. And it's fun to watch. And hopefully I get to watch him for years in Finland Liga. Cause I, I don't think there he's ever was, making it to the end. There's a couple of other people I wanted to ask you about. Cause I felt like this was a, a hot topic the day of uh, Peter Reynolds, not getting drafted. Do you have any thoughts about him? Oh, I liked Peter Reynolds. I thought he was a guy that a team could go, you know what? There's tools here. He's got some, a lot of speed. He's got a pace to his game. He, but there's details he has to work out with. And can he kind of handle the puck at those speeds? Can he, can he play his game while using the tools that he has? And, and sometimes he wasn't able to, but you see NHL teams all the time yeah. going, we can fix this guy. But instead, but instead the Ottawa centers well, dropped to Tyler yeah. Boucher. <laughs> like, I find it's such like a polarizing it, team this way, because 
They also had Brady Burns that didn't get drafted and Josh Lawrence that didn't get drafted. And now you've got Peter Reynolds this year, all guys that I for sure expected to get drafted. So it's, it's very weird. For me. Honestly, I, I think it has a lot. Like we, we look at a guy like Jeremy Poirier. Yes, and like, yeah, good point. He's the epitome of that team, I think, in, in what they've been for a few years now. And, and that's a team that does not know how, what defense even is but loves to push the pace and skate and use the skill they have and just kind of try to win 10 to seven. And, and in the QMJHL, you can do that. And that's why they've been a pretty decent team at times, but in, in a, cer- certainly they've been an entertaining team. So it's going to be interesting. I think Peter Reynolds is one of those guys that next year he's going to get drafted fairly high, despite being an overager and people are going to go, why wasn't he drafted last year? And that's I, I, certainly what I hope happens because I, he's a player I really like watching because he has the speed. He has the skill at times. He has the, the pace that you love to see at the NHL level. Cause it's just end to end hockey, but there, there's a lot to work on in the details of his game as well. Absolutely. Thomas, do you have any questions about this past year's draft you want to add before we move on? Um, not really. Like I, I know that you mentioned earlier when you were able to like hang out, for the draft, like unable, like just kind of unplug a little bit um, and not like worry about super big reports or have to like give your opinion other than like podcasts like this or future writing um, kind of the day of, but like, do you have a ritual or anything like that you did before and kind of return to? Oh yeah. Like I know this is this year I was able to kind of toss the TV on, bring the laptop out and just kind of relax. But no, most years I bring my desk out to my living room. I set up and I got like water and <laughs> chips and a pizza. And like, I have a big, I have food right beside me. So I don't have to get up. And then I'm tweeting out profiles and I'm trying to make sure I'm updating the website and stuff. So, but now with the hockey news, I won't have to do all of that stuff, but I'm still going to have the pizza and I'm go. still going to have the laptop out with the desk and the TV is still going to be going and I'm going to have it muted. Cause I don't want to hear about bloodlines all that often <laughs> because I know who these players are, but it's nice to see that the picks come up relatively not quickly at all whatsoever in the last two years, but hopefully we get back to normalcy, but in, in this year, hopefully uh, the, the plan the last two years was to be at the draft and, and that didn't happen the last two years. Cause uh, the, the world ended, yes. which was fun, <laughs> but this year, hopefully I'll be able to get to Montreal and be at the draft and be able to do something from the floor because that, that's the goal at the end of the day. I, I, I want to be at the draft and it's going to be a ton of fun. And this year, hopefully the world isn't completely ended. Yep. We'll how are you uh how are you feeling about you know the the 2022 draft i know it seems like as soon as the entry draft's done there's like a couple of days then there's free agency and then people are back to their draft analysis prepping for the next year uh is there anybody that that stands out to you and why do you think uh, brad lambert is better than shane wright Oh, that's sacrilege. Oh, my God. That is terrible. I, I had to throw it out there just to oh see what you'd goodness. say. I love Shane Wright, but I love Brad Lambert. So it's it's a tricky I, I one. I do like Brad Lambert. He, he's a ton of fun. I, I think we're going to be seeing uh, an interesting year because this last year was a little bit of a drag because, I mean, in fairness, there was a pandemic. The leagues were shut down and everything, but it, it was a draft class that was a little bit lacking inspiration. Like we, you saw guys like Matthew Beniers be at the top of a lot of boards. You saw Owen power go first overall. And you're like, those are great fifth overall picks. And, and that's what we saw at the top of this year's draft, but coming to 2022, it's going to be interesting because we don't have that. We have a lot of players who in, in many years, they'd go first overall. Like we're seeing 
guys like Shane Wright, Brad Lambert, uh, Matthew Zavoy, and, and a lot of names going, these are really legitimate prospects. I think you're seeing uh, Maroshenchenko, the Russian kid, and, and Danila Yurov, another Russian, where you're like, oh, man, the, the entire Slovakian team at the, <laughs> yeah. the Halinka this year was just a ton of fun. They were like a, a just a blast. Slovakian kids go in the first round, I think, realistically. So I, I think there's a lot of skill in this draft. We're, we're being rewarded for the last year's lacking draft, and, and hopefully every league plays this year. Hopefully we see all the players kind of, in their element, doing their thing and being as, as good as they can be, because there's a lot of really good players in this year's draft. Absolutely. I was curious to ask you a little bit more about um, how you think your process will change, uh, because hopefully, fingers crossed for you and I both, will be able to, to get out to the rink as much as we had been in years past. Uh, leaning so heavily on video scouting the last year, do you expect that you'll be in rinks more or less? How do you expect to find uh, a balance that works best from you from a in-person versus, um, you know, video viewing? This is always my favorite question when people ask me, because I go, I'm not going to change a whole lot to be completely honest, aside from being in rinks, like I was beforehand, like I was in rinks almost every weekend, like the, a couple of years ago and stuff. But the fact of the matter is like, I, I can't go to the world juniors in Slovakia or Sweden or wherever it is. So I'm doing a lot of video scouting as it is. I can't go to super elite games or finish Liga games. So I'm watching any European kid, any kid out West, any kid in the QMJHL even on video for the most part. And yeah. I get to a lot of USHL games. I get to a lot of Ontario hockey league games. I'm in Windsor, so I can hop right over the border in Michigan. I can go up to Toronto if I want to watch games up there and stuff. And I have a pretty good spot where I can get a lot of players in and, and Plymouth yes. likes to host international mm -hmm. tournaments. So I certainly yeah. don't hate when that happens. And, and it, it's been nice. So I'm in a pretty good spot, but at the end of the day, like I, I, most of my scouting is done on video I, to be completely mm -hmm. honest, because I have to, I, otherwise I'm just covering the guys in Ontario and Michigan, basically. And I want to cover the, the Swedish guys. I want to see the Slovakian kids excel. I want to see the, which Russian pops out of the top of the class. It's going to yeah. be interesting. So I, I do a lot of video. I, I, can't wait to get back in the rinks. I, I miss the rink so bad. The rink in Plymouth, the USA hockey arena is probably my favorite rink I've been to. It's just, it's like such a good classic rink and it feels like a, almost like a high school rink, but you're seeing guys like Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield come through there. And you're like, these are not high school players. These are very high end players that are going to be NHL stars soon. And we saw Austin Matthews go through yeah. that program. So it, it's a lot of fun to see the kids live, but yeah, I do a lot of videos getting. So my laptop's always with me and I'm, always tossing games on whenever I can, whether I'm jumping on the treadmill or whatever it is. How is your evaluation changed? Do you think? Because I imagine it's probably changed a little bit with COVID and not being able to, to get out to a rink. Has, has that uh, impacted your processes at all? I think it has a little bit, but it's just like on, on the outside details, really. I think you're, it's harder to get uh, the, the feel for who the player is as a person yes. when you're not being able to get in the rink. And, and that's why I think last year it was so key that I started doing a lot more interviews and stuff. And there were interviews I didn't even release because I just, there was, there was too many, like I was just getting information on the player. It wasn't even a, a work yeah. thing. I was just trying to get who is this kid. Right. And I, I interviewed guys like uh, Scott Morrow, Fabian Lee sell William Eklund last year and uh, Jack Barr, a ton of, a ton of names. And, and they went in the first and second rounds and stuff. And, and, having the background on those guys and getting to know them a little bit. And, and, and a big feature that I did last year that I'll be continuing to do with the hockey news is a video series that I do called game tape, where 
basically I talk to them for five, 10 minutes, like your standard interview. And then I go over, I pull out clips and I show them clips and then we break them down together. I get their opinion on their own game. And I was basically inspired to do that from NFL draft because you see all the time they get the quarterbacks in the room. What are you seeing on this play? What are you going to do? What's your kind of decision-making process? And, and how did you get to this point? And I started doing that with guys in the NHL or guys in the NHL draft because no one was really doing it. I, I questioned why. And, and, and when I started doing it, I went, Oh, because it's very <laughs> difficult because a shift can be very different from time to time. So you got to take parts of shifts. You got to, you got to really kind of work to get, a good clip of what you're trying to get out of the player and which you want them to explain. And, but at the same time, it's, it's been extremely rewarding because getting a guy like Scott Morrow on and, and, and even just asking him a question where it's not about his game tape, where I go, how much do you pay attention to the NHL draft? Because I, there's a lot of players that pay a ton of attention. A lot of players that don't pay any attention at all. And a, a guy like Scott Morrow, who's playing at Shattuck St. Mary's a U.S. high school program going, ah, I don't pay attention that much because every time I don't see myself at number one, I get a little pissed off. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, this is Fire the kind up. of guy I like. This is my boy. Yeah. Um, and and you, you get a bunch of guys like that. Matthew Coronado was really charismatic like that as well. Like, there's a lot of guys that had that confidence. And uh, you, you hear rumors and, and attitude issues and stuff with certain players, and you interview them, and you come away feeling a little bit different from what people think. And, and then you – or you have them explain that directly. Like, I remember there was one player specifically that a lot of people were like, oh, he has attitude issues. His team didn't like him, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And I interviewed him once for the, the game tape series. And then I interviewed him twice outside of that, just to see if I could pick up on the attitude issue, just to see what was kind of inspiring that, that rumor from people. And I, I asked him point blank. I'm like, people say you have an attitude issue. What's that about? And he just said, well, I'm a very confident kid. And sometimes as we all know, confidence, especially in kids comes off as cockiness. Yeah. And he explained the situation and explained very maturely what his opinion of the situation was and why he thinks he has that label. And, for me, I was like, that's all I needed. Like you did, you did what I needed you to do. You, you confirmed what was going on. And, and at the end of the day, like a lot of times when a kid gets traded mid season, the team's going to not be super happy, about it, especially when he requested the trade. Right. So it's always a, an interesting puzzle to put together, but I, I think interviewing the kids was a really great substitute for not being in the ring. Slash. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I admire, you know, getting ahead of certain narratives that are sometimes pushed uh, from people who don't know or maybe not as courageous to ask the question point blank. That seems to be coming up a little bit more frequently around, you know, character and, and things like that being, uh, you know, questioned by some, by some prospects. And I think sometimes it's completely warranted. And I think there's other times where people forget what it's like to be, you know, a 16, 17 or 18 year old kid. Um, and most of the time are people that have not experienced what it's like to be an athlete to the, to the level that these, these kids are. Right. So um, I'm willing to, to give a little bit there to, to try and understand. So there's, there's situations all the time where I don't think we're getting the full story. Um, so anyways, that's, that's a long winded way of, of me saying that uh, it, it, it's good that you have an understanding of, of how that all comes together, but. Thomas. No, and I think you're right there, right? Like, I, I was just going to say real quick is, is like, we look at, th there's obviously players that, that shouldn't get rewarded. And I think Logan may use the guy this year that we're all going to talk about, but absolutely, you look at that situation and you're like, there's a difference between attitude issues and being kind of a dick. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's a big, there's a big difference there. Being a bad person or 
being just a teenager who's an idiot. And, and I think a lot of times it's a teenager being an idiot and they all come out of it. Like we, 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 everyone loves to post that John Tavares picture on when he's got the blonde hair and the goofy shirt and stuff. And like, these are kids at the end of the day, like they're dumb kids playing in the OHL, playing in Sweden, playing wherever. And, and you look and you go, yeah, they're going to be dumb. They're going to make some dumb jokes and stuff, but then there's kids that cross lines. And, and that, those are the kids you really have to go. All right. Now we have to really consider things. And is this the kind of person we want in our locker room? Is this the kind of person we want in our organization? And the Montreal Canadians sure seem to guys. I've got to be honest with you. My wife just called me upstairs because apparently there's a centipede in the bathroom that I need to kill. <laughs> well, um, solid. We'll carry on. That's okay. Yeah, just carry on. If you hear the the water running in the bathroom, that's all it is. Now you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. And, Sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I felt like a lot of the character, like, it's kind of a thing. It's an interesting thing when you come at hockey at prospects like really loving kind of skill and um i guess the underrated players or like looking for kind of the context of it or looking for like the leg up on people and like i remember when i was really trying to do that and like interest in prospects but like really getting like my head into like data and advanced stats then be like okay like what's like the inefficiency that people aren't seeing or whatever and then like it's it's hard because then also like i would also shit on people that thought character really mattered and it was like kind of this like gut reaction i don't know if it's like anything that's very similar or like anything that's just like maybe it's just my immaturity because i was like a teenager at the time like trying to get into analytics and trying to like find this footing but then like as you like grow older and kind of understand like workplaces and like get that experience and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah like literally i don't like having a dude that you like clearly doesn't want to be there and doesn't give a shit and like no matter how skilled they are it really rubs you the wrong way and it rubs the whole like workplace the wrong way so like with that experience and with that kind of like i don't want to say maturity but also like maturity then like it's kind of owns in on like teams should be looking at a player's character and like aside from obviously like the criminal aspects of it like literally this person's a criminal um then like yeah like if you're if this dude isn't going to enjoy being here and isn't going to enjoy like isn't a very team-friendly guy then like maybe he'll slide down a bit because i'll rather have like a b-plus guy that is gets along with everyone than like an a guy that is a total dick like it's just like it's so it's something that i thought that didn't matter at all but then it's something that has crept up and be like yeah like it totally makes sense that kind of this old school mentality kind of exists yeah no i think it's completely right like i think anytime you're looking at a situation like this and i think i'm a victim of it as well where i I do value Mm -hmm. speed skill the the flash the flare of, of a game so much and Obviously, there's limits to that when you when you're just overly skilled and you don't have any pace to your game and stuff like that. There's holes, but I value those guys. I value the guys that have that ability to push the pace and the speed and the skill. But like you said, there there does come that that character factor. And I think the one thing I I push back on is is you need the guy that's going to hit people. You need the guy that's going to truck people. You need Tyler Clevin. You need Roman Schmidt. You need those guys. And 
I think I push back on that in, in a lot of times well, people that that's a character guy. And I'm like, no, that's a guy that hits people. That's different. And, and I think that's where I push back because at the end of the day, like you can get anyone to go out and play hockey the way you want them to play. And maybe he's not going to hit as much, but if he's, that's not his game, then you can't ask a player to play outside of his own game because then he's going to detract from the, the strength that he does have. So don't draft the guy that can hit just sign him in free agency it's going to be a lot easier when you sign him to an entry or not an entry level deal but a, a league minimum deal or a, a one million dollar deal if you want the guy that's going to be really valuable in the draft you need to get the guy that brings some skill to the game and, and those guys sometimes have the physicality you look at a guy like tyler boucher as much as i joke about him in the ottawa centers picking him at 10 he's a guy that does have the, some offensive ability. He, he's able to push the pace a bit. He's able to kind of throw that body weight around. And we've seen that in the summer in some of the games he's played for the States. You look at a guy like Zachary LaRue, who despite four suspensions in a shortened season <laughs> is, is a guy that has a lot of offensive ability and he has the ability to get in a guy's face. And I, I think on, on a guy like Zachary LaRue, you look at those four suspensions and you got to go, okay, what, what happened here? It's a shortened season. Like you only played 40 games. What, what are you doing? And you look at it and, okay, there's a fighting and then there was an after whistle thing. And then his goalie got chopped in the groin and he tackled the guy and he got suspended for that. Did he like flip off the ref? You look at the, 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 yeah, Yeah. he flipped off the ref. He's in, in, so I look at all of his suspensions and I'm like, okay, like three of the four were pretty stupid. Like they, like they, they, they wouldn't be suspensions at the NHL level because it's fighting after the whistle or it's fighting too many times in a season and stuff like that. But the one was flipping off the ref and spitting in a player's face. So you're like, okay, like, let's talk Zach. What, what was going on that day? And, and you hopefully have them explain it and you go, all right, well, we're not taking you in the top 15, but at the end of the first round, we'll take you. And, and that's what happened with him. So I think you, you want the skill, you want the speed, you want the physicality even, but you can't sacrifice the ability to play hockey just to get the physicality element. Speaking of physicality, uh, it was an earwig, <laughs> and I crushed it, and all is well in the Killingsworth house. Now you guys know. Peace and love. How about that? Peace and love. Robin came down, and she goes, babe, babe, you got to come upstairs right now. And uh, anyways, Tony, if you haven't put this together already, I'm sure you have. We, we let it go a little loose around here on this podcast. Well, it's absolutely oh, fun, fun along the way. Um, the production quality will often have weird noises going on <laughs> in the background. It's just kind of how we roll. Um, <laughs> if, if So Chris, uh, one time recorded in the middle of the Barry Mall. Um, you recorded <laughs> a podcast in front of his washing machine while it was running. Uh, yeah, that was bad. That was a bad. One. What was another one? In your car, well, and then you it, we it kept like... we kept in you ordering coffee. Uh, yeah, what else? I'm trying to think of anything else. I love I my worst one. My worst one. I was I was driving somewhere, and I'm I'm I get called, and I'm like, oh shit, like I forgot about this, and uh, they. they come up on my speaker and I have the Bluetooth on my car. So I'm like, okay, this is, this should be fine. And then my window rolled down. I couldn't get it to roll back up. There was an electrical issue. So the back window is just going off while I'm driving down the highway. And I'm like, all right, I end up pulling off to the side of the road to finish this podcast. I'm just sitting there talking to my car. Uh, If it's good enough for Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun, uh, it's good enough for us. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the when I diaries. when I realized how bad their podcast sound, there is nothing else that I could do oh. that would somehow make it worse. But yeah, uh, we have a Tony low bar. E- I just discovered uh, Cam Atkinson's Spotify profile. Um, and since you're a music guy, Tony, because we've we've uh, do Chris, do you have any hockey questions left for the pod, or can I divert? Can I can I derail this? uh, You, I would love if you would, only because I got nothing hockey left in the tank. No. Okay, that's fine. Um, so let's play a game and guess by the title what is in the (laughs) the playlist. Oh, uh, uh, this sounds fine. Oh, yeah, because you had Tawny. Uh, Tawny. Tony. Tony. We're going to start calling you what Tony. What a name, Tony. Tony. moving forward. That's cool. You had uh, Tony on uh, on your other podcast. My yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I feel like some stuff would kind of is would kind of hit. But, uh, okay, let's uh, let's start this up. I'm going to be writing this for Broad Street Hockey too. I'm going to – I just decided right now I'm going to do a <laughs> deep dive on a Spotify playlist. Um so Ready? let's uh let's do one that was can i see when it was uh created maybe not um okay there's one called uh feeling myself it is 13 minutes long okay um the whole playlist is that's only the shower 13. playlist yeah i was gonna say that's the shower playlist um, oh no sorry 13 hours sorry 13 hours uh, oh, he's really feeling go. himself <laughs> Yeah, I think this lot. is from like 2016, I want to say. But yeah. Oh, um, there's got to be some Katy Perry. Mm, okay. Yeah. I can't scroll through this much, but uh, let's see. Okay. There's feeling myself. I, it's a lot of hip hop, actually. I'm, he's a... I'm going to guess like, um, like he's like got like a little bit of like an EDM side to him. So he's got like some Tiesto and like DJ Snake and stuff on there. Is that Ooh, accurate? Lots of DJ Khaled. Yes, absolutely. Drake probably is on oh, there. I there's, would a, guess. there's a lot of Drake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's like Drake, Future, uh, yeah. Kanye, Fetty Wap. That's how old it is. Ooh, Fetty um, Wap. Lil Wayne, Jay-Z. Yeah, it's like all like kind of the big 2010 hip-hop pretty much. Uh Last song he added was uh, Trap Queen. So that's, you could already say that. I get behind that. Okay. I love him. Let's, uh, let's do another one. Uh, Locker Room. <laughs> All one word, of course. Um, uh, this one's 40 minutes. I'm going to. Oh. Um, it's got to be like Fort Minor. <laughs> um... Fort Minor. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like the yeah, sweet child. That's, that's, of mine. That's, that's, um, yeah, I want to say it was. Um, so I think you named someone already. There's DJ Snake. Ah, knew it. There you go. Um, Mike Posner. Mike oh, Posner, yeah, bud. He's um, in his feelings. I like that. Good for him. <laughs> and Flo Rida. I like that. Oh, Flo, you got to have Flo Rida in the locker room, boys. I like it. You don't have Flo Rida in the locker room, you're not doing it. I think right. that was Apple 20- bottom jeans. I think Who's that was 2015. Flow Rider Pitbull. Oh, Pitbull's definitely one. on there. Him. I'll tell you, oh. I've never really been. I, I've told this story on the podcast before, but when I was on my honeymoon, my wife and I were driving through Miami. And when you listen to Pitbull in Miami, it all makes complete sense. 
all the songs. Oh yeah, I like it. it. You're 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 physically where he intends everyone to be when he's yelling Mr. 305 because you're in the 305 and it all starts to make sense. That's that's my thought on Pitbull. Okay. He has a uh, playlist that's six songs that's just labeled playoffs. Um oh there's one I have no idea song that you're actually <laughs> it's so funny that it's on here. Um it's uh numb slash encore Jay-Z and Lincoln Park. There oh, it is. Yeah. Tony was right. Beautiful. Tony knows. Just beautiful. <laughs> it's so perfect. That's the re- that's the remix right there. That's so, the one you gotta get. Uh, Anytime you get into it's the that and then following it is Thunderstruck by ACDC. So um, this, the playoffs they're like that. I mean back yeah. to back. <laughs> Back to back, those are two solid songs. That's, that's the softball playlist, boys. Oh <laughs> one song into the other. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, one more. Let's do one more. Um, he has a chill playlist. Um, oh, I'm gonna guess Bonnie Vare's on there. Uh, close. I have. There's one that's close. Okay. Um, Maybe like a little. Um, is like Tegan and Sarah or like something like that on there? There's Ooh, Angus yeah, and Julia that. Stone, whoever that is. I don't know. Don't know. I'm literally no um, idea. Does this uh, ring a bell or? Oh, no. I... My speakers don't work on my phone. Never mind. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know this song, baby. But it's the, it's the walk beautiful. off the earth version. Yeah. Oh, even better. Good for him. That's enough of that. He's very chill. Um, He strikes me as someone who's who's like very um, like in touch with that side of himself. Like that's not terribly surprising. I love that he's on a team that I care about. Honestly, like that trade. (laughs) He's like embracing the whole Philly thing too. Like he's going to cheesesteak. He like he showed up his first player interview as a flyer. He showed up in a picture that had gritty on. He showed up in a sorry a shirt that had gritty on it. Just like fully, did you like, hear, that's beautiful. Did you hear the story around that photo? No, because it's a great story. So I listened to it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. But basically, the story is it was his son's birthday when he found out that he got traded, and Stinger, like the Columbus Blue Jackets mascot, was at the birthday party. He found out that he got traded when the Columbus Blue Jacket, like Stinger, the mascot was there, like entertaining the children at the party. And he had a gritty t-shirt that he put on. And apparently there's all of these photos with like him having Stinger in like a headlock ready to punch him in the face. That's so, so that's beautiful. It's, he just seems like a, he seems like a fun guy. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. A lot of like, I think the Flyers kind of basically, except Rasmus or Shalina, but the Flyers, I think, just just like, <laughs> okay, stop. Don't, don't make fun of the team. <laughs> uh, but they just like got a bunch of like fun, loving guys. Like Ryan Ellis is going to be there forever now. And like, just yeah. kind of shifted the roster a bit that uh, it's just going to be a fun locker room, except like misery before. But uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Tony. No, I have one I know, more. My boy. I have one more hockey question for you. Which team got better in free agency? Which team got worse through free agency? That's the last one for me. Uh, 
Ah, man, free agency. I'm trying to remember free agency. <laughs> I feel like Columbus did a good job. I feel like Columbus did a good job like with the trades and everything before the draft as well and everything. Yep, I agree with um, that. Uh, Carolina sold their soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And signed Tony D'Angelo. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, I, I barely even remember free agency. It's hard. It was so long ago now, right? I'm trying to look. I think I saw a chart where Detroit, Detroit did well. Yeah, yeah, I thought I Detroit think. did well. Just because they signed competent NHL and players. And got Nedeljkovic in net. Yeah. Uh, it was... Um, shit. Uh, New Jersey. Getting Dougie. Oh, yes. Dougie um, Hamilton. Getting That's a good one. Uh, Tatar. Brendan, not Brendan Smith. Um, yeah, they got Thomas Tatar. Who else did they get? That's it. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like one of those probably were. So there was some good and some bad. Yeah. I I tor- Toronto did an okay job, I guess. Like Peter Mrazek's cool. Oh, I, lo- yeah, I love I the Nick Ritchie that. signing. But I'm Nick Ritchie signing seems like it, it adds yeah. what they need. Yeah. Um I agree with that. I, I like the 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 chance on Andre uh-huh. Kasha. Like I, I I like him as a player. So I think Toronto did okay. That's me being a little bit of a a, a homer. Um, again, Detroit did well. I think re-signing Verona to a, de- a pretty decent deal was good. Bertuzzi's on a decent contract. Like you said, Suter, Gagne re-signed. Um, yeah, like Edmonton did Edmonton's thing. I love that. That's Cody CC Tyson Berry getting bring all the Toronto Maple Leafs back together. <laughs> I just can't the wait to see that. Yeah. Oh, oh, just what a what a crew. So you what did you grow up a, LA, a I, fan or were you a Red Wings fan so close to to the border there? Uh, my entire family was Red Wings fans, so me being an idiot was like, you know what, I'm gonna go for this blue team, <laughs> and then I watched their team win a lot of Stanley Cups. Yeah, and that sucked. But no, yeah, I've always been a very self-deprecating Leafs fan, and uh, I hate the team with a passion. But I will be back in October, sadly, to cry my tears out until the fall when, or until the spring when they inevitably lose to Boston. Yeah, it's true. It's gonna be great. Um, it's true. I feel like getting so one mention of a team that got worse. I feel like Colorado got worse. I don't know. Yeah, they, losing Grubauer, I think, is a way bigger th- deal than people made. Yeah, made it like seem. who's playing? Like Darcy Kemper and. Pavel Francouz, like, what the fuck? I mean, both guys, pictures of health the last yeah, couple exactly. of years. Like, and Darcy Kemper, I feel like, like, not that long ago, it was just like a guy. Like, he was whatever. Maybe I'm like remembering his, like, he's been years with the wild for like, like three years. Yeah. He's been good. He's just not, never healthy. Yeah. That's his that's biggest issue. issue. It's like, you're, you can, you can't rely on him to be your starter. And then, Pavel Francouz, Francouz, whatever you want to call him, like, okay. Like, he had a decent stretch of five games a couple years back, but he hasn't been great, so yeah. I don't I don't know. Colorado, yeah, like, they went from a team that I was like, man, this team should win the Cup in the next couple of years to a team where I'm like, if they get a goalie, they should compete for the Cup, <laughs> but they need a goalie, I still think. Yeah, they should yeah. make something, some sort of deal. Like, the last time Kemper played more than 40 games was 2018-19, played 55, and that was his best season by far. 925 save percentage like best like in total too like the next year he had a better save percentage but it's just 29 games like it's it's tricky all right well 
listen, Tony, <laughs> we've taken up a lot of your time. And as much as I want to hear Thomas uh, rattle off, um, you know, lies about Darcy Kemper, okay. um, <laughs> we should probably let you go. Is there anything uh, people can check out? Where can people find your work these days? Uh, find it on the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated's website. Uh, I just put a thing on Russian prospects, talked about guys like Vasily Podkolzin and, and a few other guys coming over, as well as a, a few of the draft prospects, uh, Marish Machenko, Danil Yurov, and stuff. And I also wrote a, a fun little piece on the Slovakian team from the Holinka Gretzky last week. So check that out because it's, uh, it's, it's fun. I didn't really take it too seriously. And there's a ton of fun players coming out of Slovakia, which we haven't seen in a while since uh, a generation or two ago, it seems. So it's a ton of fun. Yeah. I, something every week on, on the hockey news. That's where you'll find me usually Sundays. And when the season starts, I'll be doing those game tape videos again. So that'll be fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Is there anybody that's uh, like a close second in terms of uh, favorite uh, bald draft analysts? Or are you still holding down number uh, one forever and ever? I'm going to hold down number one forever and ever. Cause I'm so goddamn good looking, but um, <laughs> it's Josh Bell. Josh Bell would be my oh, guy. Okay. I think he does a great job as well. I uh, he works over at FC hockey. He's ton of, done a ton of really good stuff and he's not quite as conceited as I am, but he's, he's really good at his job. So I got to show him some respect too. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks uh, for, for coming on much appreciated. Hopefully we can have you back again, uh, you know, to, to prep 2022 draft coverage and uh have a great night thanks for coming on yeah no problem boys and hopefully my computer works next time and doesn't decide to update five minutes into the call that's okay we can uh we we had fun it was it's, it's it's funny how it happened yeah it's it is it's probably the hoser's curse i would uh make sure that your software is up to date before you go to bed because uh yeah that that could that could cause some problems for you moving forward but yeah it wouldn't be the weirdest thing that's happened in an interview that's for sure <laughs> I'm just glad I could add to the chaos. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks again.